the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels and in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this past week, I spent the week with our eighth graders in Walt Disney World. I'm still recovering from that, blister on one foot, um, general achiness, and I think that when I looked at my Fitbit one day and it said that I walked eight miles, that's about four times what I normally would do, so that's probably the explanation about it. One day while we were there, we... Um, uh, the eighth graders got a chance to look behind the scenes at one of the exhibits, um, the one at Epcot called the American Experience, and behind the scenes they got a close-up view of the animatronics, um, especially of Mark Twain and Benjamin Franklin, because in that particular exhibit it is their conversation that kind of kicks off a review of American history that is the bulk of that um, of that attraction. And I was, I was watching it later in the day, and it reminded me of something. You know, we, we, we talk about how bipartisanship exists and how there's just all this rancor and all this arguing going on, but this is nothing new. There's a reason it took so many years to write the Constitution, because one draft would be written, and then the delegate from Virginia would say, no, we have to change this. The delegate from New York would say, no, this has to be changed, and on and on and on. And this wasn't a polite conversation. This was truly arguing. And of course, later in our history, a big, the, the big discussion about whether or not slavery should exist in the new states coming into the Union, and that, of course, led to the Civil War, and on and on and on. And the reason why this, this arguing came, to my came into my head at all is because of all the arguing that went on in today's reading. We begin with the prophet Jeremiah. 
So Jeremiah, now by the way, this particular passage that we heard today comes from chapter 20, which means this is pretty late in his role as a prophet. But Jeremiah is fed up. He is so fed up that he's arguing with God. And he says, you duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me and you triumphed. The reason why he is frustrated is in the second sentence. All the day I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I must cry out, violence and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. So Jeremiah is complaining to the Lord, complaining that the message that he has to give to the people is a hard message. It's a message they don't want to hear, and so they take it out on the messenger, on the prophet. They yell at him, call, his, call him names, and even worse. And Jeremiah is fed up with it. And in fact, he tries to do something that some of you parents may recall your, your little children did. I know what I'll do. I will speak in his name no more. Picture your, picture your young child who's not getting their way saying, they're going to hold their breath until they get their way. Just like Jeremiah, that doesn't last very long, does it? I grow weary holding it in, he says. I cannot endure it. In last week's gospel, we heard that beautiful expression of the faith from Peter. So recall that gospel Jesus asks his disciples, so who do people say that I am? So they list these different prophets of old, but then he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter gave that beautiful response, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus rewards him by declaring that upon this foundation, I will build my church. Immediately following that story is today's story. Jesus is predicting his upcoming passion and death, and Peter objects. Now, I think on one hand, Peter is thinking he doesn't want his very good friend, his master, to die or suffer. But I think Peter is also thinking the, who the Messiah must be. Time and time again in the Old Testament, God rose up, a leader, a leader for his chosen people that would vanquish armies that were much, much stronger than them, both in number and ability. <coughs> God won victory for his people by those chosen leaders. And I think in Peter's mind, this is what the Messiah is about. He will lead God's chosen people against the current army, the current bully, that of the Roman occupying force. Peter assumes that power and might is what will achieve the victory. 
But amazingly, it's Jesus who fires back with name-calling, referring to Peter as Satan. Get behind me, Satan, he says, for you are thinking as man does, not as God. Jesus reminds them that this is not about power and might, but humility and sacrifice will win the ultimate victory over sin and death. St. Paul echoed this, this idea in today's second reading when he tells the Romans, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. When we offer our lives to God, when we offer, the, when we offer our lives as a sacrifice, It pleases God, but it also redounds to us growing in holiness. As we were all created in God's image and likeness, that is our task throughout this life, is to grow in holiness, the same holiness that our God has. St. Paul goes on to say, Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. We are not supposed to be concerned about how many things we own, how rich we can become, how powerful we can be, or how prestigious we can be in the eyes of the others. This is the things of this age. This is the things of our world. That, that thinks is important. But instead, we are to allow that journey of conversion of heart so we can discern the will of God. That is what is good, pleasing, and perfect. So did Jeremiah have unrealistic expect- expectations in accepting God's call to be a prophet? Probably so. Maybe he thought the people would thank him, show him great gratitude for delivering God's word. Maybe they thought that they would sh- he, w- he would be showered with gifts for being God's spokesperson. But instead, because his message was hard, because his message kept being rejected, the reality of the situation was Jeremiah discovered being God's prophet was filled with hardship, isolation, and ridicule. These would be his earthly reward. We experience that ourselves. We want to believe that we are good people, that we follow God's law. But do we? Or instead, can we be half-hearted disciples who shy away from the hard work of discipleship, who shy away from God's word because it's too hard. Are we self-centered instead of trying to imitate the selfless love of our Savior? Jesus has great expectations for his disciples. We are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Union with God is the most important thing for us to seek 
by offering ourselves holy and pleasing to God. Peter did not get, it was not ready for that message that day. In fact, he only looked at power and might, must be what the Messiah is about. But we know that Peter eventually did get the message. He eventually began to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. He began to spread the news that to be Jesus' disciple means taking up your cross daily and following him. I think his reluctance to accept that message at first reminds us even saints can have struggles accepting Jesus' message. But when we do, when we turn aside from what the world expects, when we go against the norms of society, we become holy and pleasing to our God. And that path also leads to the great victory over sin and death.